0: This is Kenny and Hyoprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome in. It is Kenny and Hyoprin on a warmer day than it's been, broadcasting live from Madison, Wisconsin. Also heard in, in the great city of Lacrosse, elsewhere across the state. It's been cold, Zach, it's been snowy. But uh, the show, like spring practice, like the Badgers,
0: we fight through it. We fight through the adversity that the weather brings. So we're here. How are you doing? I got burned on Saturday. I don't know what you're talking about, snowing. I know. I know what you're talking about. Uh, The last few days, it's been a little, uh, went back to to winter for a little bit. But, yeah, we we got some nice weather going today. So the big story everybody's wondering about is spring practice again today, nearing the end. Were they outside? They were not. Uh. I was not sure what they were going to do, so I took some gear with me just in case they were going to be outside. Thankfully, they were not. They were inside. It would have been perfect like right now. It would have been great to be outside right about now, but uh, this morning it was about 28, 29 degrees. It wasn't, wasn't ideal. Should I overreact and wonder if the
1: offense can operate in that weather, or should we just put that aside? Or should we save that for the Saturday
0: discussion? We'll see that coming up? Save that for the Saturday discussion.
1: All right. We'll, we'll get to that a little later. We'll talk about the launch. A lot of recruiting notes for the Badgers, both on the hardwood and on the football field, high school, and transfer portal. We'll get to all that. But spring practice again today, Zach, what are we? I, what are the trends that are now emerging? Because, I mean, we're nearing the end, and it, it kind of feels like a broken record in a lot of ways. Yeah. In a lot of good ways when it comes to a guy like Will Pauling. We saw Wisconsin tweet out the big highlight from practice today. It's a broken record when it comes to that. I also feel like a lot of the talk coming out of all the practices is about how the passing offense looks, because yeah. that's what everybody's most interested in. That's a lot of the highlights we
0: see posted. But in general, what did what do we see at practice today? Well, I mean, the biggest note of the day was the change in the wide receiver group um, with C.J. Williams moving into the first team Offense, or moving in to being a part of the first team offense. Um, you know, he had been in behind Chimray DK on the on the outside on the right side throughout spring ball. Had made a ton of plays. Was there doing it again on Saturday? Did most of, has done most of his work when they're in full pads. I don't know what that means because it's not like they're getting hit anymore. But uh, he was really good on Saturday. And they well, re- he did a lot of that work outside in the California weather. They rewarded him on uh, they rewarded him on Saturday on on Tuesday by putting him. With the first team, and you're like, oh, okay, well then Chimray DK is with the second team. No. They moved Chimray DK to the other side and placed him with the first team on the left side in place of Keontes Lewis, who moved down to the second team on the left side. Vinny Anthony, all the way up to the second team on the right side behind uh, CJ Williams. So that to me, like, is the biggest thing. I don't think it's like you're I don't think you're making that move unless uh, the move of like moving Chimray to the other side unless you think this is going to be a, a long-term thing for C.J. Williams. Like, I don't think it's going to be a one-day thing where he's just there with the first team for one day, and then he's going to be back down with the second team. He's made too many plays, and I think that kind of opens it up to the idea of the, the transfers. Two of the four guys that they added in that room are now first-team players, and C.J. Williams and Will Pauline. and the other guy that we think may have a shot at that is Bryson Green, just hasn't practiced you know done any team work he's been doing routes for the last couple of practices and catching balls but hasn't been doing any seven on seven or any team drills i don't know if that's going to change but um he had been on the left he has been working with that left side group as well so i think to me that's the biggest story was the biggest story coming out of today by far um the guy the five-star receiver that they got the highest rated wide receiver they've ever brought in is now with the first team offense and um It felt like maybe just a matter of time, but you just didn't know if he was going to jump over Chimray. Instead, they just moved Chimray because he's got that ability to, he's got the experience of not having to be on one side and needing to be stuck or uh, left in one spot the entire time. I'm
1: going to choose not to read into the Keontes Lewis part and hope that he'll still see the field as a first-team guy. But, I mean, it could be also let's say C.J. Williams plays so well that you know he needs to be on the field, not necessarily to have it be a long-term, this is the first team all the time fix, but to see DK on the other side as well, to see what they look like together, to not necessarily say this is the change that's going to happen, but to say, okay, let's say we want to have a package or certain substitution patterns that include both of them, and and that's what it would look like. So I'm not going to... Just for my own purposes, not necessarily read all the way in, but it had, is good news that yeah. the emergence is already coming from a, a guy in Williams. That's a sophomore and a transfer and that he has already shown enough ability that warrants some of the hype that we saw coming out of the portal. Cause there was a scenario where, where he comes in and he's just young and buried on the depth chart. Maybe a, a Nick Evers like situation for different reasons, but is just isn't there yet in terms of contributing. The fact that he's already showing what the five
0: stars meant, I think is great news. I don't think there can be a bad spin to it. I, well, I think the the thing about it is, is C.J. Williams has done a lot of his damage against second-team defense. And so putting him with the first-team offense is forcing him then to go against Alexander Smith and Ricardo Holman on a regular basis. And can he continue his level of play? Can he continue his level of success uh, today was not a good day for the offense. Overall, there's were not very many good throws and not many. There's just a ton of drops all over the place. So it was not a good day for the, for the offense to be able to see whether that was going to be the case. But there were a few times he had a step on guys. The balls weren't where they needed to be. Um, but I think that may also be a part of it is, can he do this against our starters? Because he's been doing it against, you know, true freshmen for the past three weeks. That's a weeks. good point. That's a very good point is, is there concern about that though? About another subpar day, another sloppy day for the offense? No, this was this was just a sloppy, sloppy day. Like drops, routes that didn't look like guys knew exactly where they were supposed to be going. Guys stopping, balls being overthrown, balls being yeah. I mean, it was just a, it was just a sloppy day for the defense or the offense overall. And I don't think we've seen a ton of that. There maybe have been one other day that has been like this um in camp so i i don't think anything i don't think too much of it uh guys were open balls that have been thrown where they needed to be through much of spring were not throw their, thrown where they needed to be and when they were the guys were not getting up with catches kind of felt like maybe it got uh um contagious at some point but no i i don't think it's anything to worry about now if it happens on saturday i guarantee you people will be overreacting to it Yeah, I want to get into that in a little bit with the
1: launch and the weather doesn't look amazing. We'll talk about the weather. We'll talk about the attendance, but how important a good showing on Saturday could be for the fan excitement to continue. I I want to get into that in a bit. Speaking of the wide receivers, though, now that now that there have been a lot of different trios out there, whether it's Skyler Bell or Will Pauling in the slot now, whether it's DK and Lewis or DK and Williams out there. Do you have a favorite combination if you say were put yourself in the shoes of the wide receivers coach? Would you have a favorite
0: combination or one that you would go with given what you've seen? Honestly, I I love the idea when they put the four guys out there. I love when you have Skylar Bell and Chimray DK on one side and you have Will Pauling and CJ Williams on the other. Or just throw Keontae Lewis in at one of those outside spots, right? Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, I that those that's intriguing. That's very intriguing to me. If I'm if I'm going to be honest with you, having Skylar Bell and uh, Will Pauling on the on the field together is uh, is very intriguing because I think both of them are dynamic in the slot. Um, Skylar Bell has had a really nice bounce back after getting that after losing that job, you know, that first team job to Will Pauling didn't put his head down. He he fought back and he's had some really good days.
1: The, the will Pauling hype machine continued today. Choo choo. As I said at at the start of the show, but on Wisconsin football Twitter, they, they post the highlight and I think Mordecai is obviously the answer. Who's the most impactful transfer they've added. He is clearly the answer. And Williams, as we've said, is, is rising up the board or appears to be, but I don't think we've heard a name of a transfer mentioned more than Will Pauling from practice. Every, I, I feel like every show we've done, it's been him. So I wanted to revisit this actually on January 24th, after the portaling was over for the 2023 class, we went through, we put together groups, we, we drafted teams, but that's not the important part of which transfers will have the biggest impact on this team. And some of it is tough because there have been injuries, as you mentioned, no brights and green a practice. Jeff Pytrowski just came back from an illness, I believe. And the order went, uh, it was Mordecai, Jake Renfro, the center, and then green and Williams, Jason Mytree was talked about. We talked about Vakos, the kicker, Pytrowski, as I mentioned, Darian Varner on the defensive line, and then Joe Huber, another offensive lineman, and Nick Evers. We
0: went 10 deep. And nobody mentioned Will Pauling. Yeah, I've 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 brought this up a number of times. I don't know if I brought it up on on here, but I brought it up on the camp several times where we did this draft and Will Pauling wasn't even among the top ten and they only had thirteen. So I mean like the three guys that were not mentioned were Will Pauling, Quincy Burroughs, and Braden Locke. And Braden Locke and is Locke is also up there. And Braden Locke is the number two quarterback. Yeah. And it's not even close. Uh Will Pauling is the starting slot wide receiver and Quincy Burroughs is with the third team uh, and had been getting second team perhaps prior to today. So um, a bit of misses that, that said though, you look at some of the other names, Joe Huber is with the first team. Jason Matry is with the first team. CJ Williams with the first team. Tanner Mordecai is with the first team. Jake Renfro, when healthy is with the first team. Nathaniel Vakos is the first team kicker. Um, Darian Varner, we, you know, he was asked about Darian Varner last week, um, Luke Fickle, that is, and they expect him to be a, a major part of the defensive line when healthy. So, I mean, outside of Nick Evers, everybody else, every other transfer, I'd say him and Quincy Burroughs would be the only two guys that I would say, mm, I don't know if they're going to make an impact this year, which is crazy. But you went out there and got them for a reason, right? So 11 of 13 guys that you went and got are going to play vital roles, and a lot of them are starters right now.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty pretty darn effective way of not rebuilding a roster because you had the bones of the previous one, but... Fixing kind, holes. Exactly. Kind, kind of rejuvenating going into the year, which it could be a broken record at this point, but we mentioned the coaches to have a lot of success in their first year at new places. Lincoln Riley did it, not only with Caleb Williams, but with guys across the offense, and the defense stunk, but that was that could be due to other reasons. Uh, Brian Kelly at, at LSU also did it a bit, and I believe even Sonny Dykes, uh, oh yeah, brought in a, a somewhat impressive portal class or guys that ended up playing huge roles on that national title losing team, where well, that's how it's done, and it makes it it makes the transition so much easier. So actually, it's it's something that could get lost in the cracks, but when you go through and mention everyone and what role they, they could end up playing and are in line to play. It makes it a very, when you go back and look at everything that's happened since Luke Fickle was hired, it makes it all that more impressive. Uh, I, I wanted to consider this, though. What would the top five, if we were to reorder them today, let's say top five after Mordecai, because he's the one, it's a slam dunk. What would the
0: top five in terms of impacts in 2023 be? It's tough because with Renfro's injury, you don't know exact... Because he had dropped down to the second team the day before his injury, the day of his injury. Maybe the injury played a role in him dropping down. Um, but in terms of impact, I would say for sure, guys that are going to start, Jason Matry is going to he's going to start. He's going to be your starting nickel at this point. Um, and he's had a really nice spring, so I'd probably put him too. Um Gosh, I, I put, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Let's start this over again. Uh, no Tanner Mordecai, right? Correct. Well, he's number one. Yeah. Number two. A layup. Will Pauling. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Will Pauling. I was, I was looking at the 10 guys that we had on this list and it was thinking, <laughs> idiot, um, will Pauling is number two and it's not close. I think he ends up leading this team in receiving this year. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna clip that. Yeah, wow, I do. I think he ends up leading them in catches. We wh- who had the most catches and who had the biggest impact on the offense the last two years in North Carolina, Josh Downs. Where did he play? In the slot. Yes, and it's and it's not that that he won't use other guys, and it's you know maybe Josh Downs was just a, the their best player, and so they put him there. But Will Pauling has looked like their most consistent and best wide receiver to this point, in spring. So I'm I'm to say that this, the, whoever is their slot receiver is going to lead them in receiving and catch catchers and receiving yarns and it's going to be him so that I don't think it's going out that far but he's been that good and what? it's just crazy when we didn't even mention him in this thing when we talked right All right
1: because it, we didn't know that's not our fault we didn't know no we had no clue I, I mean that's the nature
0: of the beast but fickle obviously knew, right? fickle, knew fickle knew and he also has said that he's not simply just a slot receiver like he can play other places, even though size wise he fits best in a slot, so he would be too in this offense that is a
1: mismatch position that's when when you get a guy that's really talented there, you could see him explode
0: in terms of stats well it's also just like they're the easy throws too, and maybe it's a little bit easier right now when maybe in seven on seven where you don't aren't looking straight at a defensive line, but they've been you know when you do Skelly, there's no defense line right. And the linebackers will come, but then they'll just stop and they'll kneel. This, that's what used to happen. This group, they'll have like assistants or GAs or whoever. I don't even know who they are. Maybe managers. Like standing there with their hands up high right in front of the quarterback. So making it seem like so it's not like he's not throwing against pressure, which to me is is new. They haven't done that in the past. Prior, guys would just come off the edge and then take a knee. Or, you know, just get out of the way and let them throw the ball. That's not the case. They're making it a little bit more difficult to throw um, in the Skelly. So, but I yes, I think the the I think Tanner Mordecai really is uh, zoned in on the slot receiver, and I think he's I think that's going to end up being the guy who leads them in receiving. And right now, that's Will Pauling. So even I would go as far as to say,
1: after Mordecai and Pauling, I think it's a big mismatch that could go so many ways. You mentioned Renfro and the injuries, and what the line's going to look like. Still question marks there. C.J. Williams could end up having a big year, but I think I'm with you. I think I would rely more on statistically, at least, Pauling having a bigger one. And then, I mean, Jeff Bytrowski comes back, and then you're going to have Darian Varner back when we, we speak about big big roles on the defensive line. Those guys could fill that, too. Like, you could go down the list like you did five minutes ago and say, okay, all these guys will also have a role. Yeah. So I, I think it might even be the top two and then everybody else, mm.
0: or most of the others. I think Jason Matry is probably going to be that guy. Um, your starting slot on defense is going to be almost nearly as important as your starting slot on offense. He's 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 going to be that guy. There has not been a challenge. like Right now, Almond Williams is number two. It hasn't been a challenge. I guess maybe Max Lofi could challenge at some point, but he has he's missed the entirety of spring, so I think it's probably asking a lot. So I would go Jason Matry number three. Well, and they need him. That's a that's a room that has lacked depth, as
1: we've discussed, yep. and one that they're still looking to, or they were looking to bolster. I figure they still will, with some news on the cornerback room coming up in a little bit. I, I could see that. I'm with you there. Uh, real quick, I wanted to get to this before we switch gears a bit, talk about so we're not doing a top five, what's coming up on Saturday. Well, I, I I think the top five's tough. Okay, All right. We could go top three, nope. because then even the four and five is still... There's a lot of gray area there. Right. There's a I, lot of unknown.
0: I just don't want to leave your show. Like I mean, you you offered you offered that up. You promised it, and then we didn't do it. So I just wanted to make sure that you were okay with that. What would your final two be? Nope, it's all right. We, we'll just do top three. All right. I I
1: want to do this before we talk about the launch, Zach. All of the, or at least most of the highlights posted by Wisconsin football, the Twitter account. Obviously, so much excitement when it's big plays. We saw one even by a corner, I, I believe, today on a deep ball from Jonas DeClona. Yeah. What about the trenches? I, are there just, uh, is there a standout or two offense, defense trenches that you're able to see? No. Because I'm, we see all this big play, big play to the wide receiver, big play over the top, big play by the quarterback, awesome play by the secondary, whether it's a hunter wool or interception. What about the trenches?
0: I d do, do we love the trenches anymore here? I think at times you can see defensive guys making plays, but what when do you recognize an offensive player on the offensive I should say an offensive lineman? When do you notice them? When they get beat. Yes. So I don't think that there it's it's fair, especially in the run game wise. Now, if Tanner Mordecai is getting sacked every play, like like it was last year where Graham Mertz was getting sacked almost every play. It felt like, you know, the, the quarterback was constantly running. It's not like that hasn't happened. I mean, Jeff Petrowski had a sack today. Um, you know, we've had some guys up the middle have some success. But, I mean, defensive lineman-wise, it just, they haven't. Maybe Kurt Neal. I don't know. He's he's jumped out. Maybe it's because he hit the quarterback once or twice, which he obviously wasn't supposed to do. Uh, and then he puts his hands up and runs away like he's he's sorry. Uh, Short King, I believe, is what his nickname is. Uh, there's not a chance in <laughs> heck that he's over six feet tall. Um, so, no, I don't know. We'll know a lot more about them when running backs can get tackled and running and uh, defensive linemen can can get after the quarterback and and put pressure on guys or you know stop the run and that type of thing. I don't think we've seen a ton from the defensive line it's or a the point. offensive line.
1: No, you, there was a highlight out there, of Braylon Allen, though. There was some jump. Yeah. A jump cut. There was a nimble run. A jump cut. If little, I will add pretty jump cut. That's something to get excited about. Yep. All right, let's do this. Uh, a badger has entered the portal portal season is back. The spring window is open. It will close in less than two weeks. We will talk about who entered the portal. We will talk about what is to come in terms of the badgers roster and also Saturday, the launch. What should we expect? How important is it? That's all coming up. It's Kenny and Heilprin.
0: This is Kenny and Hioprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: All right, we are back. It is Kenny and Hioprin hanging out until seven o'clock. Live again Thursday from six to seven. We got the launch coming up this weekend. Both Zach and I will be in attendance. I, I'm putting the big J hat on.
0: No, you're not. I'm putting I'm, the... I'm confused. Like, I'm I'm just wondering why are you coming? To cover it. To, yeah, yeah, right, right. But, like, why? To watch and express thoughts because I think it's valuable. Okay, so, like, the other Saturday practices that you've had a chance to go to are not valuable?
1: Well, this is built up to be a big event, and my Saturday is also free.
0: <laughs> Every Saturday is free. Wrong. Other, other than when you're playing golf. Wrong. And I don't want to litigate that, but... Uh, the what? No, we are going to litigate it. What do you have going on on Saturdays that you couldn't that you couldn't have come to practice? I'm I'm not going to get into my personal life right now. I had my. I'm not going to get into what's going on. I had my uh, wedding reception a year late after getting married on Saturday. I still made it to practice. All right, I don't want to. I, I don't want to do this right now.
1: Okay, sorry. Julius Davis entered the portal. My goodness. I like like yeah. I'm I'm going on Saturday. I haven't gone for the previous Saturdays. Last show I expressed. Why, I also think it is valuable okay. to not have the exact same yeah, views.
0: Right, that's why I was a little confused why why you're going to this one. Well, because as I'm going to get into in a couple minutes, I, it is... Everyone else is going to see it, so you might as well see it too.
1: I also view it as an important event. Correct.
0: Okay. All right, gotcha. Correct.
1: Sorry. Uh, Julius Davis entered the portal, running back who had been in the Badgers program for several years. The portal window is now open for another 12 days. Not surprising to me he entered the portal, it, it was a situation where I thought he was going to enter a long time ago and, and didn't. And it is now, how many more guys need to enter? Four when it comes to the incoming class and their scholarship?
0: It was five, now it's four, if I'm not mistaken. Assuming Vito so is not on scholarship. Gotcha. So that it would be at 89, assuming that. Okay. So there are a
1: couple more that would have to
0: go before
1: the the freshman class comes in their choice or otherwise right which I it's a weird time it's a weird transition period so I'm interested to see who but that was that was the first Julius Davis entering the portal the first of several so that is something to watch as this weekend goes along as spring practice comes to a close before the I I can't believe they they open the portal window in mid-april well, like, I think,
0: I mean, there's a lot of schools that are already done with, with uh, spring practice. I know, but it would have been great for
1: us because I only think about myself if they had done it in May after spring ball was so over. So that we had something else to talk about? Exactly. Okay. And so I can get hype on if, a, if Bear Alexander could fit on Wisconsin's defense, even though it's not going to happen. Okay. Former Georgia defensive lineman. Okay. Thought we were talking. Oh, okay, go ahead. Who's probably going to USC? Um. All right. Coming up on Saturday, the launch, the the culmination of spring ball. Culmination. No, it, it's not. Pretty much. I mean, Saturday. There's just two more practices after it. But the culmination of like like the spring event is what it is. Saturday at one o'clock, it is. I uh, like. It's not a spring game. The Badgers don't have a spring game traditionally. Like we, if you turn on ESPN or Big Ten Network, there have been many spring games on. I've been able to watch a good amount of them. But nevertheless, it's a spring event, and it brings city, which, in my opinion, like when we talk about Luke Fickle and how great of a job they did at staying in the news cycle when he got hired, and then all the excitement and the snowball that started to roll down the hill, this is also one of the events I think that contributes to it. When it comes to a recruiting event, just something to keep Wisconsin on the map, keep people talking about them. The question is here, how important, Zach, do you think a good day on the field is on Saturday,
0: especially offensively? Well, yeah, because we've been talking about it in, <laughs> for the last month about the offense and how much different it looks and how good the passing game has looked. So if they go out and lay an egg, it's going to be like, oh, just more of the same. Does matter who's here, the passing game going to suck. Um, so I think it's, I think it's important, um, but it, there's always two sides to this. It's always like the, everybody wants to see the offense do good. Cause it's been really, really rough the last three years. Uh, but if the offense goes out and tears it up, cause guys are running open all over the place, you know, there's going to be people out there being like, well, now the defense can't do anything. And now we were horrible on defense should have kept Jim Leonard, everything he could have done to keep Jim Leonard. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's always going to be negativity, I would hope that it's even. You get some big plays in the passing game, you get some big plays defensively, and it's uh it's good for both sides. But if I'm from if I'm Luke Fickle, I want the offense to score like a million points. I want the offense to show up and be out because that's what gets people excited. And if they go out and do what they've done in some of these practices, some of these Saturday practices, I think there's gonna be a lot of excited people about Wisconsin football. And that to me is probably what uh, what you want, even though I prefer would prefer to see some, some plays from both sides because, you know, you can't you're not going to win a, 12 games with an offense with just an offense scoring points. Well, it was something also you said a couple of shows ago
1: that it, it isn't just the like there is a scenario where it's not only the offense shredding the defense. It's just both of them making plays and it going one way or the other. I don't know the exact wording you used. But there is a scenario out there where the defense, like the coverage is great, and then guys make great catches. So it, it could play both sides of the coin. The The weather for Saturday is the, is part of the story at least. Unfortunately. When I checked this morning, it, yeah, it's Wisconsin in late April. I'm tired of it. I know everybody else is too. The, uh, when I checked this morning, high of 44, a low of 30. Fifteen to twenty mile an hour winds, a twenty percent chance of precipitation. Who would I? Who would I be to overreact to an offense's performance in inclement weather? I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try not to do it.
0: Well, just think about what last Saturday would have been like, because it was perfect. Oh my goodness! Like high seventies, sunny, very little wind. It would have been perfect for that. And I, th- the numbers that would have come out, I think would have been. Pretty darn good. I don't know what Saturday's going to look like. I'm not overly optimistic about what Saturday's going to look like crowd-wise or uh, offense-wise. But as as long as they get to do it, right? Because I don't think (laughs) there have been times where it's become like really bad weather and they don't do it. Like rain, rain or snow or extreme cold, like where they've canceled it. I don't, did those, think,
1: I don't think they're going to cancel it. Did those happen to line up with the years that the offense struggled? Like,
0: <laughs> were they hiding it? Well, I mean, it was the last three years. So there you go. Listen, I, I, I mean, they didn't have one in 2020, obviously, but I'm not sure if it's a bid or not
1: at this point. Because <laughs> if it's canceled, I, people are going to bring, people are going to raise questions. It's a question of whether I do it as to whether they were frightened about the. The grippiness of the ball and whether the offense could operate at at full capacity, which you know what I would love. What would you love? Weather's not great. Everyone's out there is the great fans. We are in in enduring the elements and then the offense just runs for like 350 yards.
0: Yeah, but the problem is they're not going to tackle. This is a (laughs) practice. Here's the thing. It's It's a practice. You're right. It's not a spring game. I wish it was a game. I wish it was a game. I need. I need a spring game. I need to break it into two teams. Let's fricking play this thing out. Spring yeah, game. Even like if the thing, they do like ones, the ones against the ones and twos against the twos. Yes, I don't care. I love Florida's thing, or I love the things where back in the day, Ohio State used to hold a draft and they'd have got like they'd have captains pick it. Yeah, I think Clemson still does that. I want that. Uh, make it exciting. Make it. Make it a fan event where that type of stuff is is involved. Let let a fan call a play. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> let's, let's not do that. Let's not do that. The fans would call that play action
1: comeback screen that uh, that Bobby Ingram ran against the second team Wisconsin played. or No, the first game last year
0: that Chimray DK took 80 yards to the house. Yeah, like they used to <laughs> – I don't know who were the coaches. It was it was Sam Decker and maybe – no, it was not Sam Decker. Uh, Josh Gosser and somebody else. Maybe it was Shoei. They had them as the coaches for a spring game. I don't know that they did anything specifically, but uh, yeah, let's, let's get back to that. Let's get back to an actual game. I'm in favor of that.
1: I don't like almost everybody else does it. And to me, at least it seems as though, obviously if you add tackling inherently, there is a larger chance of, of injury, but if everybody else is doing it and like, yeah, you can get hurt playing football, I don't know. There might be arguments against it, but I am definitely in favor of the game happening going forward. And maybe that's a change that we end up seeing, but I mean, this is the first, you know, big public spring event of the, of the fickle era. So I wonder how far it's going to go in terms of dictating how people feel. I don't think it's going to crush excitement because I would figure those at the game are also following spring practice on a somewhat day-to-day level and have some understanding of all the good that's been going on. So I don't know what the overreaction would be, but I'm interested to see what that is and maybe compare it to previous years. I, I had one other thought when it comes to, let's say, a sloppy offensive day of practice today and then also the launch specifically. Is there anybody, like, we talk about pressure, entering the year i would say uh, tanner mordecai probably has the most in terms of on the field like a lot of it's going to come down to what he could do with the football but i'm wondering if if there's anybody else next to mordecai that has more pressure on them say going into saturday going into the offseason going
0: into the season than phil longo no no but I feel like this is the same case wherever he goes. He's kind of—I don't want to say the savior, but he's the—he's the guru. He's the offensive guru. What he did at North Carolina, putting together some of the best offenses the Tar Heels have ever had. And you know, the, there's always people there going to complain. Oh, his red zone offense wasn't good enough. His red—they—they—they struggle once they got inside the twenty, which I'm sure is going to be something that you'll say at some point this year. But the. Excitement around what he has done at, I mean, at other places and brought to Wisconsin now is there's excitement and there's also pressure to actually make it work. And but he's the most among the most confident people I think in the program. Um, it seems like it. And the belief in his system that, that they've done it for 20 years. They haven't really changed a lot of stuff in the last 20 years. They've been doing the same thing and it, and it works. And uh, there's little tweaks here and there but they're going to be who they are. Um, And so I think he feels good. There's pressure, but I think he feels good about the system and the way that it's worked every place that he's ever been. And that makes probably takes a little bit of pressure off of him, but I don't, yeah, I don't think there's any more pressure on anybody else. Um, It's always the quarterback. And it's always the offensive coordinator in at Wisconsin. Well, it's also,
1: you talk about it working other places. This could be a different animal it is somewhat of a different animal changing the offensive identity, or at least the offensive approach of a program that's done something different forever. And, and this is something that I think everybody would, would agree. And it's something we talked about when he was hired about the big task he has. And that fickle has like getting this right. That it's, if, if it's out of the box, there's almost more pressure on you to, to have this be the right decision. Cause otherwise then, people might call for. I, I don't think they'd call for the previous approach, but it would raise questions of, can that work? Which obviously from what spring practice has shown, I think it it can, but then you got to go do it. So that's just a, I, that's a thought entering on entering Saturday. Cause if it's a big Mordecai Longo day, then boom, excitement through the roof. Everything's great. Yeah. On the other side of that, I think you see maybe excitement dwindle a bit. If it's a, a bad Mordecai and a bad Longo day for sure. So
0: there's the thing is I don't know how it can be a good Longo day, right? Yeah. Because right. The, the the offense and the defense they get together and write down their and put the practice together together. They they run certain plays against certain formations. They run like they know what each other is running. This isn't like <laughs> some kind of a guessing game. So I don't right. know how it could be a bad Longo day. Right, right. That's it's just, more. It's, it's a bad offensive day. Like if it's a bad day if Tanner Mordecai or Braden Locke doesn't don't play well or guys drop passes like they did today. It's more when the when the season starts. Oh, okay. and and they play
1: real competition. Gotcha. You're right about Saturday not necessarily being on him. Um, all right, the, let's do this. There's been a lot of a lot of news to cross the wire. Some of it broke immediately after we got off the air last Thursday. I was like, I got home. Yeah, go ahead. We'll tell you what that is. Greg Gard landed a big transfer. There's there's big recruiting news. Let's give some credit to Mr. Gard. We'll talk about that when we come back. And also some football recruiting notes, both uh, positive and not so positive. We'll touch on that when we return. It is Kenny and Heilpern.
0: This is Kenny and Heilpern on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: We are back. It is Kenny and high badgers launch on Saturday. Um, We'll be in attendance. Pray for just pray for mother nature and the weather gods.
0: Uh, I wouldn't say we'll be in attendance for sure. I applied for a credential for you. I don't know if you're going to pass the background check, but okay. Well, mm -hmm. I, I hope (laughs) I I
1: plan to be in attendance as, as we're taught to say, Uh, there are some recruiting notes on both the football and basketball side. I wanted to start football. Uh, obviously, the the portal is ongoing, and we had spoken about Josh DeBerry. That's where I want to start. The corner from Boston College had played with Jason Maitre there. I really liked him as an option for depth and for experience and for plug-and-play potential in the secondary that, as you explained, is quite shallow. Well, today he committed to Texas
0: A&M,
1: <laughs> which... I, I have no broad take about it. That just, like, it's the portal. I I don't know how all that goes, but I would have
0: loved to see him come to Wisconsin. Yeah, it's a tough one for Wisconsin. I don't think that they're done, though. I think they're still going to continue to look. But as we mentioned in the first segment, they're still over this limit right now in, ter- in terms of scholarship guys coming in in June. But they have the entire month of May to to figure that out. Um But, yeah, the portal opened, what, the 15th? And it's open until the 1st? The 30th or the The 1st. Yeah. 15 Um, days. Yeah. So I don't think we've seen the end of their attempts. But, again, maybe some of what we've seen here, these last few practices, maybe gives them a little bit more belief that a guy like Jonas Taclona can do it. And I obviously don't want to count on true freshmen, but you wouldn't be counting on him to be a starter at this point um, unless someone got hurt. And so... We'll see. I, I, I feel I f- I think if they went out and made this offer, that they feel like they need to add, they feel like they're going to add somebody. Oh, definitely. And they yeah, feel that's... like they need to make, they feel like they need to. And so I don't think just because they didn't get Josh DeBerry means that they won't go and try to get somebody else. Definitely. Offering in the portal feels different than offering to high school.
1: Where if you're offering to the portal, then I would figure there's a plan to have that scholarship, whatever the player may be. And also there's more of a direct this year desire to have that guy or that position on your team, as opposed to in high school, it could be a bit different. If you need a defensive lineman in your class, like there are different ways to offset or to make up for recruiting misses in high school in the portal. It's like, okay, we want that guy to play right now. So that does show. I think that, that they are still, or will still be looking for secondary help. I'm mad at myself. Uh Very mad at myself. I wanted to lead the show with this, and I forgot. <laughs> There's news today that everybody is worked up about. Pepsi is back as the official what? soft beverage of uh, the Kohl Center and, and uh, Camp Randall. Wisconsin Athletics. Yeah. yeah, And they've got, I don't know what the starry stuff is. Neither do I. I saw it. I, I visited our friends a quick trip just okay. an hour and a half ago, okay. and I saw it there. It looks like off-brand Sprite. That's probably what it is then. But I thought Pepsi had Sierra Mist. Maybe Sierra Mist is, is dead. Is it? That's something we're going to have to get the people on. All right. We're going to have to get the people to investigate that. But uh, the 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 contract runs through 2028, 2029. It will expire before Wisconsin plays the scheduled home-and-home against Virginia Tech. Good work. That had been scheduled in
0: 2006. I, I was, saw that. I saw that. I, I was proud of that. Yeah, that's a good one. That uh, is a good one. I don't think that thing's ever getting played, but go ahead. You didn't you didn't like the tweet, first of all. I did like the tweet when I saw it. I'm like, oh, that's that's right. going to be, that's a good one. I saw somebody bookmark my tweet about spam today. Was that you? No. Oh, I figured what, it would be you. What is, what is, oh, the- The, uh, the food. The Nick Herbig thing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he a- he rolled in after, well, he did the interview this morning on Good Morning America. Not Good Morning America. Good Morning Football. And it uh, was done at the facility. And they rolled out. and You could tell he was like, I think he was- really proud of himself for how he, how well he did awesome yeah
1: well we'll see where where he goes next thursday we'll probably do a little draft special coming up mm-hmm. um, some interesting angles there but the news that people are reacting to today in all seriousness top in state offensive lineman donovan harbor class of 2024 commits to penn state follows James franklin there many people are offering thoughts and opinions on it all I am going to say is, I, I'm not like, I don't know. I don't know the whole story. I have no idea what's going on. But I will say when it comes to Fickle and his classes, this is a large picture, has nothing to do with with today. I'm obviously one that maybe had, had poo-pooed some thoughts about recruiting, or at least in the beginning, that I, there's some momentum that had to be built up first. But I am still waiting until the end of this entire cycle to make broad sweeping generalizations when it comes to the class and and him as a recruiter because he had the partial class last year. This is his first full class. There are seven guys committed to it. It is far from over. And yeah, like obviously you react as things go along. But in terms of broad sweeping generalizations, I'm not going to do that until the class is 100% finalized, which I think would be
0: would be wise. That's very mature of you. For many people. Thank That's you. very mature of you. Thank you. Everyone is extremely extremely proud of you for that take. It would be smart of others to do the same, but again, locking down the state of Wisconsin has been the goal since Barry Alvarez showed up when guys big-time players are leaving. I think this situation is different. Um it's my belief it's different. It's my belief that it's not even a belief. It's it you know, it's what I've heard um, is Donovan Harbor was was not in Wisconsin's plans anymore. And same thing goes for Corey Smith, the running back from Kath uh, Memorial, who's also expected to go to Penn State. So it it's going to be, from an outside perspective, going to look poorly, but Wisconsin's going to take kids that they, are, uh, that they like and that are a fit. And um, they didn't believe that those guys were fits. Also, a thought on... Is the wall
1: around Wisconsin closing? we holding off on that one? Well, I saw I saw that thrown out there, and to those that threw that out there, I would pose the question of, have you followed what's been going on for the last four to five years? Not saying it's good, but two in-state offensive linemen left in 2022 a year or two years earlier, Jerry Cross goes to Penn State like there have been there have been instances of that was the same class. okay. All in the same class. It was all 2022. Yeah. But there have been some recent instances of that happening. Yeah. And it was all under the old staff. And much has been made about their missteps on the recruiting trail and in terms of the resources poured in. But it's not as if starting today, a Wisconsin kid
0: committed somewhere else. That's happened. For me, the reasons that Billy Shrouth and Carson Hinsman aren't here and the reasons Donovan Harbin and Corey Smith won't be here are not the same. You're right. They're not. They're not Wisconsin wanted both Carson Hiddensman and Billy Shrouth and wanted them badly and didn't get them. This is not the same situation with Donovan Harbour and Corey Smith. I agree with that. And yes, it it was a different. But but from the outside perspective, I know exactly how people are reacting to it. I get that. Um, And. We'll just have to deal with it. Yep. And, and Wisconsin has to deal with it. Well, there's a lot of time
1: left on the recruiting trail. Again, I could overreact and say, oh, they're top 20. Look, um, and they've, they've had some impressive commits. But until the class is finalized, I think that's when we take stock of, okay, how did they do? What's different from previous years? What's the approach like? I think we can see some crumbs as to what the approach is like. But once the class is finalized, I'm going to be mature for once and say, I'm going to hold off on sweeping takes proud of you when it comes to the day-to-day recruiting uh, for the Badgers. Uh, let's do this. We have to step away, take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about AJ store committed to the Badgers from the transfer portal. Big time. Get for Greg guard. We'll talk about him and close it out. Next.
0: This is Kenny and high on the Wisconsin sports
1: zone network. All right. We are back. It is Kenny and I closing it up. We'll be back on Thursday, 6 to 7 o'clock. Obviously, show available in podcast form shortly afterwards, both today and Thursday. The, the last piece we wanted to mention today, Zach, AJ Store commits to the Badgers from the transfer portal. St. John's, three years of eligibility left. Former four-star guy shot over 40%, 40% from three. 6'6 six, six wing? Like, that's a... That's a that's a snag,
0: former one to- for Mr. Guard, a former top 100 recruit. Gosh, getting him, big time athlete, a guy that I don't think that they had on this team this last year. Uh, a guy that could slash. Oh, each he's the bouncy. Yeah, they didn't they didn't have that this year. They losing Johnny Davis obviously would do that to you. He's that I think he's that kind of an athlete um, with 40 percent three point shot. Greg Guard knows what he has to do this offseason
1: to make sure last year doesn't happen again. And I think this is a first big example
0: that he can get it done. Now if you just trick somebody into being six foot eleven and wanting to play like <laughs> being 10, a backup guard. 10 minutes a game, <laughs> if right. that can happen, they'll, right. be, they'll be good to go. There's
1: more that has to be done, but it is great news. I'm excited to watch him. I think they're going to be pretty good next year. Badgers on the court. We'll see. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for hanging around, everybody. Talk to you on Thursday. See you.